0: So tonight into tomorrow night is Tisha B'Av. It is a day of mourning. So let me explain the background of Tisha B'Av. Back when our people were in Babylon, this is 500 or so years before Yeshua, when they were exiled to Babylon, the Jewish people of the time set up a few fast days to commemorate and to memorialize some of the tragic events of the time. There are actually four yearly fast days that were set up by the Jews of that time to memorialize the tragedy of the Babylonian exile. Tisha B'Av, 9th of Av, which starts tonight at sunset, is the day that the temple, the first temple, the one that Solomon built, was destroyed by The Babylonians, Tisha B'Av. It's mentioned in the Bible in the book of Zechariah. In Zechariah 7, the background of Zechariah is that the Babylonian exile is coming to an end. And the people are now coming back to Israel, to Judah and Jerusalem, and they're starting to rebuild the temple. This rebuilt temple will eventually be the same temple that Yeshua walked in centuries later. The second temple. So they started to rebuild it, and in Zechariah seven, the people come to Zechariah and they ask Zechariah a very a, a good question. Should we continue to fast and observe and mourn our fast on the fifth month? That's Av, that's this the month. Should we continue to do it? We're coming back to Jerusalem. It looks like the exile's over. We're rebuilding the temple. Should we continue to fast? And Zechariah's answer was essentially, you guys set up this fast. You do what you want. It's not a fast that God put in the Torah. It was a fast designated by you. So, you decide whether you keep fasting or not fast. But what I do say, thus says the Lord, is a reminder of why the temple was destroyed in the first place. Treat people justly. Treat people with mercy. Treat people with kindness. Don't use your mouth to cut down people. Use your mouth to lift up people. Because you've been using your mouth to cut down people, so I cut down the temple. So as I lift up the temple, the prophet reminded the people to treat people with mercy and kindness and justice and compassion. Unfortunately, our people did not heed the words of the prophet Zechariah. We know that Yeshua repeated the same things. He said, woe to you, Pharisees, you you, you tithe perfectly. Your dill, your cumin, your mint. But you don't practice justice and mercy and compassion. So the same words of warning that Zechariah gave, Yeshua himself gave to the people. And then 40 years after Yeshua's death, that temple, the second temple that was built up in the time of Zechariah, that was completed by Herod, that Yeshua walked in 40 years, a generation after the time of Yeshua, that temple also was destroyed. That temple was destroyed on the exact same biblical day as the first temple, that the first temple was destroyed the ninth of Av tonight into tomorrow, the exact same day. Both temples were destroyed. So it is a day of great tragedy in Judaism, but there is a bit of hope In the prophet Zechariah chapter 8, he says the fast of the fifth day will become a day of celebration for you. It will become a day of joy. It will become a day of celebration. So in these days, we hear rumors, prophetic rumors about something called the third temple. Now, people that have a prophetic eye, that put on their prophetic glasses with the little kaleidoscope in it, that look at the world, they look at some of the um, uh, some of the activities that happen in Jerusalem this day, where there are some people that do want to build up a third temple and um, um, reboot or restart the actual processes and the the sacrificial system and everything that comes with the temple. And the building of the third temple in Jerusalem is something that people say, okay, this is a prophetic thing. And if something happens towards that goal of building the third temple, okay, it's a prophetic thing. It's a sign of the end. I got to tell you, as much as I understand that, it never really spoke to me that what's going on there as far as the building or possible building of a third temple really ever spoke to me at all as being prophetic at all. Because Yeshua spoke about the real third temple. He said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. His body is the real third temple. But we can also be short-sighted and we think that it's just his body, like the man, Yeshua's physical body when he was here on earth. But Yeshua's body is greater than his, just his physical body when he was here on earth. You are his body. In fact, it says in the New Testament that you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it says. So this is why I don't really bother so much with the rebuilding of a temple, and I understand that Paul said that the man of lawlessness is going to come, and he's going to sit in the temple of God. Well, how much more meaning does it have when we realize that we are the temple of God, and we need to be mindful of what we're letting into ourselves? We keep looking for the Antichrist over there, and we neglect where he really wants to sit. Come on. hmm Hmm. So this is why I don't really pay much attention, and I could be wrong, but I, could, I don't pay much attention to the building of a physical third temple. Because I know that the real temple of God is sitting right here. Now the first temple and the second temple came down with weapons. They came down with arrows. They came down with, 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 with catapults that fling boulders. The Babylonians had those weapons, and the Romans had those weapons. But that spirit that wants to tear down the temple, the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, the spirit of Emperor Titus, the Roman, who tore down the temple, is still alive today. And the weapon this day that is used to tear down the temple of God is our Torah portion, Devarim words. The weapon that tears down the temple is the same weapon that was used in biblical times when the prophet said, You better watch how you speak to people. Treat people with kindness and justice and mercy. Because if you're tearing them down with your words, I'm going to tear down this temple. And the weapon of our words is what can bring down the third temple. The good news is that it's the same thing within us that can rebuild the temple. The book of James, in Hebrew, Yaakov, he says that the tongue is is a fire that can corrupt the body. The body is the temple. The temples were destroyed with fire. James says that the body can be corrupted with the fire from the tongue. That's the weapon That can bring down the temple. It can also rebuild the temple. Scripture says that in the tongue, in our words, there is life, there is death, there is blessing, and there is curse that can come out of the same mouth. And we need to be careful that our mouth is speaking blessing, that it is lifting up the body, that it is building up, rebuilding, rebuilding the fallen tabernacle, rebuilding the fallen tabernacle. The book of Amos says, I will rebuild the fallen, Mishkan David, the tabernacle of David. How do we rebuild the fallen temple in this day? It's with words that build up and words that edify. The the Proverbs say that life and death is in, in the tongue and those who love it will eat It's fruit. It says that the stomach, our stomachs are satisfied with the fruit of our lips. Now, that might be very poetic of Solomon to write. But I was reading that and I was seeking the Lord. And I felt that the Lord was saying, that's not poetry. That's literal. When you speak in spirit... A table is set before you with edible fruit grown from the words out of your mouth. And in spirit, you must eat this fruit. You are what you eat. Knowing that in spirit, it is literal what we speak, we eat and consume. How much more do we need to be careful about what we're speaking over other people? And how much more careful do we need to be when we speak over ourselves? The power of words. When Yeshua's body was raised, when he said in three days it'll be raised up, destroy the physical temple, in three days I will raise it up. He didn't just raise up a body of believers. He didn't just raise up a body of people that are saved. He didn't just raise a body of people who were sinners. He raised up a body of prophets. He raised up a body of prophets. And that's why our words are powerful. Because the one who spoke the universe into existence spoke it. He said, yeah, he, or let there be light. God didn't just think it or wiggle his nose to have the universe leap into existence. He spoke it, the one who spoke spoke. Creation into existence now lives within you. This is why creation, life and death is in your tongue. Because you are not just a sinner saved by grace. You're a prophet. And prophets have the ability to speak life. We spend too much time just describing our tough situations rather than speaking life over our tough situations. Yeshua said, speak to the mountain that stands in your way and it will be removed. Speak. There is something powerful about what we speak, about the words that we speak. The prophet was told, Ezekiel was told to go to the Valley of Dry Bones. And the God said "And God said to the prophet Ezekiel, speak to the Dry Bones. He didn't just say, like, think nice thoughts about the Valley of Dry Bones. He didn't say, text little three hands to the valley of dry bones, praying. He said, speak to the dry bones. So the prophet had to go to the dry bones and say, dry bones, get up, live. Dry bones, live. In the dryness that we have in our lives, are we just describing the dryness or are we speaking to the dryness and saying, Arise. Live. And then after he spoke to the bones and the sinews and the flesh came on the bones, God told him to speak. Not just text, little praying hands. Speak to the spirit, speak to the wind. And then the wind came forward. We need to be speaking prophetic life over each other and over ourselves. Words have power. If you are what you eat, if you are actually eating in spirit what you are saying, no wonder there is so much sickness. No wonder there is so much sickness. Because as a society, we're doing a little better and eating healthy and staying away from sugar. But if we're eating the things that we're saying, No wonder there is sickness. There is a spiritual... What's the word? There is a spiritual autoimmune disorder in the body. Autoimmune disease is when your body, your immune system, attacks yourself. Because we're speaking... Self-hatred over ourselves and we're eating those words and our body, our cells are listening to what we are saying. And then the body responds and it attacks you. There is a spiritual autoimmune disease in the body of Messiah and we need to start speaking life over each other and over ourselves and start speaking creative miracles over ourselves and over each other. And you know what? Just because you think a bad thought, it doesn't mean you have to say the bad thought. Just beca- because there's power in our voice. And we don't understand that because thoughts are very all-consuming. So if we're struggling with something in our thoughts, see, whether it's a hatred or a fear or anxiety or even a, a, a lustful thought or something like that, There is a difference between having it in your thought process and actually speaking it into creation. If it's in your thoughts, let it die in your thoughts. Don't give it life by creating it with your mouth. This is what Paul meant when he said, take your thoughts captive. Taking your thoughts captive doesn't mean just recognizing your thoughts. It means keeping them captive. It means don't set them free. That's what taking your thoughts captive means. It means keep them in your head. Don't let them translate into thought or action. Blessed are those who have a sinful thought but do not translate it into into voice or action. Blessed are those who have a sinful thought, but let it die in the, in the mind and not let it translate into sinful speech and sinful action. There are ten commandments in the ten commandments. The first nine of them have a punishment. You shall love the Lord your God. This is the first three about God. It's about idolatry, keeping the Sabbath It has a punishment, um, Um, cursing your parents or it's a blessing, you know, honor your parents, cursing your parents has a punishment. Don't kill has has a punishment. Don't steal has a punishment. Don't commit adultery has a punishment. Don't lie under oath has a punishment. The last one is a thought sin. Do not covet. There's no punishment. There's no punishment. Because a man in those days can't just go to the priest and say, I'm struggling with covetousness in my mind. You know what the priest would say? Knock it off. You better get a hold of yourself. The reason that there are boundaries in our thoughts is so they don't translate into action and translate into speech. Speech gives life. Just because you think it, you don't have to say it. And if you're thinking it, let your mouth speak the opposite. Let your mouth speak the opposite. So, I want to declare. Now, we've been going through a few seasons of fasting here, and I want to declare something. Tonight is Tisha B'Av. It is the day that commemorates the destruction of the temple. At this time, I want to declare four weeks of rebuilding the temple. It says in Zechariah that this day, this Tisha B'Av, is going to be a day of joy and celebration. Let's start that trend, starting tonight, four weeks. Four weeks from today is our baptism, our mikvah. Four weeks of rebuilding the temple, speaking life over others and over yourselves. This means that if you have thoughts of financial worry every day, Pick up your wallet and prophesy to the wallet. Every day, pick that thing up and say, dry bones live. If you have trouble in your marriage, go dig out the picture from your wedding day and speak life over it. Every day, one day, four weeks, rebuild the temple. Every day, four weeks, rebuild the temple speak life over what is dead because God isn't just a god of revival he's a god of resurrection he resurrected lazarus after 4 days after he smelled after he stung. this means that anything in your life that is so dead it just stinks is not too hard for yeshua if you have if you struggle with self worthlessness, self-hatred. You look in your mirror every day and say, damn, I am fine, fine, fine. You speak life over yourself. If you struggle with an addiction or something in the flesh that gets away with you pick up that pack of cigarettes and you speak to that pack of cigarettes and you say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. You have no control over me. Every day, four weeks, rebuilding the temple. And in four weeks at our mikvah, we will have testimony on what God has done when we reverse our thoughts and we let life come out of our mouth and not death. Four weeks, speaking life every day over what is dead that needs to be alive. Got it? Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right. Adonai, we commit this time to you. It went forth. So we commit, Lord God, four weeks starting tonight. Tonight is the day where the destruction of the temple is commemorated, and we're going to shift the narrative and rebuild the temple for four weeks. And we're going to speak life and not death. In Yeshua's name, amen.